everybody. We are back. Welcome to season three, episode five of More Than a Title. I'm your host, as usual, Jared Thomas. Um, before we begin, I just want to give a big shout out to our partners at the Alive Podcast Network. Shout out to the live team. And we also want to let you know that this podcast episode is brought to you by OTB Digital. So if you want to support, get More Than a Title merchandise, older episode, or really directly work with myself, Jordan, and Chad, go to the OTB Digital website. And shout out to all the reoccurring listeners. And welcome to all the first time listeners. So if you first time listener more than entitled is a show dedicated to having authentic conversations with some of the best and brightest in the industry and today is no shortage of that so i can't wait to i'm, I'm excited about this episode I've, I've been a fan of this brother for a long time i've been following his journey um he's a marketing expert award-winning advertiser former head of digital strategy for beyonce and marketing professor at the raw school of business at the university of michigan then throughout his career he's been acknowledged for strategic and creative contributions as an advertiser he's won cleo's awards advertising age 40 under 40 recipient uh, he launched notable campaigns such as the cliff paul for state farm made in america music festival for budweiser and the hello brooklyn uh, campaign for the brooklyn nets He's also always, you know, also is somebody who's more than title, you know, claims to be somebody that's a square peg in a round hole, which we all are. You know, I mean, growing up as a black kid in Detroit, swam competitively, studied engineering, spent his summers at band camp and loved the monkeys just as much as he loved Tribe Called Quest. He's a father, a husband, marketer, teacher and much more. So I'm so honored to have this brother on. Let's introduce and give a warm welcome to Dr. Marcus Collins. How are you, brother? I'm well, fam. Thanks so much for having me. It's uh, the there yeah, we go. There we go. gotta get yeah. there. You go. We gotta get you, baby. Man. It's an honor, King. That's what's up, yo. I'm definitely stoked to be a part of this, man. You got crazy roster that's been here. I gotta get counted among the dope ones, so I'm glad to be here. Oh man, thank you, my brother. It, it's a pleasure, man. Like I like I said, man, I've been following your journey for quite some time, and and this is what the show is about, man. It's about hearing from people like yourself who've had incredible journeys, man. Because I feel like there's more lessons in that than the than the usual tips and tricks and all that other stuff that usual webinars and stuff do, brother. So let, let's get into it. I know we're, we're, we're crunched on time, brother, but I would love to start at the beginning, man. You're from the D, from the shout out to the 313. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. So tell us about your upbringing, kind of, you know, how you led into, into your marketing career. Man, it was a long and windy road, but I started off in Detroit, born and raised. Uh, went to public schools my entire life and, you know, I grew up in the 90s. Well, I came to age in the 90s. Now, those days, if you did well in math and science and you were black, you were going to be an engineer. So that's where I yep. was. So I went to school for engineering at University of Michigan. Didn't really love it. My mother, who's an academic, was like, wait till you get into your major. You'll love it when you get your major. I said, all right, cool. Yeah, trust my mom. Uh, yeah. So uh, I went back for my second year and I did not love it. So I started taking <laughs> um, some music theory courses just to offset my terrible GPA because it was bad. And I started to fall in love with major sevenths. So I was like, yo, I think this is what I want to do. I want to write music. So I went home that summer and said, mom and dad, I think I want to be a songwriter. They're like, I think you're smoking crack because that ain't gonna <laughs> not going to happen. Uh, yeah. So we, we fought it out and uh, I lost. And at the end of summer, I went back to Michigan to finish my my. Uh, my uh, undergraduate degree in, in engineering, but I spent all my time in the in the recording studio there. So, if I wasn't in class and I wasn't hanging out, uh, I was recording, man, writing and producing. So when I graduated, Sick. I went straight to the music industry. I was working at Universal Music Group as a intern. That didn't really stick, uh, so I went back to Ann Arbor and ran a recording studio for one of my professors in the School of Music. And mm. essentially, like as like I said, free studio time. Like I would record the paid sessions. And then I called my boys up, my people's up from Detroit. Yeah. Like, yo, come through, like, let's record. So I'm like, like developing a style as a producer and a songwriter. And it's like, 
all right, I think I got something here. So I, I tapped a, a friend of mine who became the business partner and uh, we started shopping music. Oh, hold on one second. Sorry. So we started, we started shopping music. Sorry about okay. that. Okay, yeah. man. Uh, we, started, we started shopping music and um, going back and forth between New York and Detroit. We had like a couple, a couple like wins. It wasn't like great, but it wasn't terrible either. Um, but like, I just remember like work with like John B and Miss Diamond oh, and d12 and like things were like going okay but it wasn't great so mm. i decided to go to school to get my mba to sort of figure it out so mm. i um, went back to school went to michigan studied marketing because i figured that was the most creative aspect of business mm. um and and it was there that i decided that i think i'm gonna try to go to corporate america and i ended up getting a gig at apple doing mm. partner marketing with itunes and like that was just phenomenal dude like this is at a time where apple I mean, Apple, I mean, Apple's huge now, no doubt, but Apple's like so culturally relevant. Like the the app store had just launched like months after I started. It was crazy. And this is post iPod? So this is post iPod, yeah. So I'm working oh. on iTunes at this time. Yeah. It was crazy, dude. So, so, so amazing to be at the building. Um, and wow. while I was there, I ended up uh meeting Matthew Knowles. Wow. Like, Shout out to Dr. Me- Knowles. Yeah, say, let me get this straight. You were uh, an engineer. You started a music company. You have an MBA. You work at Apple, and you're black. Fam, you don't exist. You're, 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 you're. <laughs> yep. I was like, no, nah, I exist, dude. I, I, I'm real. And he says, Yo, you should run digital strategy for Beyonce. And I said, yep, I should totally do that. And wow. that's how I got it. <laughs> Good time, because that's exactly how I felt. that's real so so let me get it straight first of all shout out to mama love for fighting you on that right yeah right and then shout out to you bro for because i'm a musician too and you you prove my my theory correct i feel like the best marketers are song writers and musicians and creators that's right right. those are the best because at the end of the day if you're a musician like myself i was a rapper there's 40 black rappers on my block alone so so what am I going to do to differentiate myself in your marketing subconsciously? So so for you to have that know-how and to say, look, I'm doing music right now, but the way I get in the door is by actually understanding the business of it and using my creativity to get in. And then you met Dr. Knowles. Like, how did that it just happen like in the Apple Man, headquarters? It was, so, it was like like the longer version of it actually is that I I left Apple because the group that I was in was getting restructured. We were on mm. a hiring freeze, and it was like basically the only opportunity for me was to work in mobile me. And I was like, yo, I ain't doing that, dude. Yeah. yeah so yeah. um so I was in New York and I, mean, I was like beating the bushes, like talking to everybody. Like I met Russell Simmons, Leor Cohen, Kadar Massenberg, Kevin Lyles. Like, I man, I'm like, I'm like having wow. meetings with all the big wigs, and nothing is happening, dude. Like they get really, really close, and then it'll just kind of fall apart. I'm like, man, what is going on? Like, God, what is happening wow. here? Wow. So when I got introduced to Matthew, it was a happenstance. So my then-girlfriend, now wife, her cousin used to work for Ticketmaster. And she was like, hey, like, I know you wanted to work in music. We used to work with Beyonce's people. I think I know her digital strategist. I can introduce you. And I go, bet, yeah, sure. But part of me is like, whatever, dog. Like, it's not going to work out. So whatever, fine. Mm-hmm. So she, she sends him my, my resume and his email bounces back because he doesn't work there anymore. Wow. Little do we know that his email is being forwarded to the general manager, a woman by the name of Liz Bacor. 
and she gets mm. the resume and she's like, yo, this guy is kind of ill. So uh, she calls me up and says they want to interview me. So I come in, I do the interview and they end up telling Matthew like, yeah, we met this guy. He's engineer, started a music company, uh, MBA student, MBA graduate, worked at Apple, black Matthew. Matthew was like, no way. I don't believe it. He's like, no, dog. no. He's like, that's not true. They don't believe it. Um, she was like, yo, we met him today. He's a, he's real. He was like, tell him to come to, to Houston. I want to meet him. So I flew down to Houston and met Matthew. Wow. And like, the meeting wasn't even about like my work, but he was just like trying to figure out who I am. Like he was like, yeah. tell me about your parents. Tell me about like how your parents grew up. Like it was, it was, it was like the wow. first interview that I had that it was like really about me as a human more than it was like my approach to the business. He asked me a few questions there, but it was really about me. Um, and I left. He sent me a note and said, I'm going to follow up with you in two weeks. He hit me up in two weeks. We did some negotiating. Um, I came back down to Houston and he, he made, forced me to stay the night there. <laughs> like I was like, wow. supposed to fly in and out. And he was like, yo, I want you to, I want you to like spend some time in Houston. Stay the night. We'll put you up in a hotel, blah, blah, blah. Um, and out of that, uh, he gave me the offer to run digital strategy for music world. And their number one artist is Beyonce Knowles. Wow, bros. Oh man. First of all, man, shout out to you, brother. That's amazing. First of all, your, your tenacity, right? Because you said you was talking to the big wigs and you could have easily just let that go, right? You could have let that mess yeah. with your head and say, you know what? It's me or I'm doing something wrong, man. But you kept pushing, you kept fighting the good fight, brother. So, and it led you to the opportunity of that. And I would love to, because I'm a marketer, bro. I love marketing talk, bro. And mm -hmm. I know you're like me. So I've got to ask you this question. And could you explain to the audience, what is the difference or how difficult it is marketing an artist versus a brand? Is there many differences to that? So I think about an artist, though they are human beings, so there's the human element that you can't fully control. In a lot of ways, yeah. you can't really fully control. Uh, well, I say this way. The brand, as I think about it, it's an identifiable signifier that conjures mm. up thoughts and feelings in the hearts and minds of people, that it means something. And when mm. people engage with it, when people see it, it brings to mind thoughts and it brings to heart feelings with association to like a product uh, institution or organization or a person right so yeah. a brand could be a person the difference between a consumer packaged good and a person is that it's the human element that's hard to control and you know it's like uh, it's not it is not predictable uh so therefore yeah. it's like, you know you, as long as the razor blades were uh produced uniformly the chances of error is like 0.01 percent mm. Very, 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 very low. That's why I have Six Sigma um, manufacturing, yep. right? So that operation, so that the the failure rate is low. But for a person, yep. like, you know, you have a bad day. You know, what are you going to do? <laughs> you know what I'm exactly, like, right? Uh, and it, it, yeah. it's, it's the smallest thing can have such a major impact on a brand. You tweet the wrong thing. You post the wrong, especially in today's era. That's right. That's right. Razor right. blades oh, don't man. have bad days. You know what I'm saying? Like, like yeah, bad days don't wake up. <laughs> you know, on the wrong side of the bed, but people do, but it's, but while you have the, the negative consequences of, you know, just the human error or the human uh, uh, capability of error, you also have something that a battery can never do is be human. And it's mm -hmm. easier to connect with the human than it is to connect with a consumer packaged good or even a service. So 
the the product of an artist. It's like it's music, their music, their performance. Like it makes it easier to connect with them because they're human. So to that exactly. end, there, there are trade-offs to everything. Yeah. And it, like you said, it's that emotional connection, right? Like, for instance, if I listen to Beyonce, a song may come on. I might remember the first time I was at a party, got my first dance, a first That's kiss, right. something right. like that. And That's you right. attach that to the moment versus a CPG where you can't necessarily attach the moment. Like, I use Scott's tissue. I'm not going to think about, you know, you know what I'm saying? But, but, it's but like, is he not using the minds or not, you know? That's right. I mean, that's the thing that, like, Scott's tissue probably doesn't hold a lot of meaning in your mind exactly. or in your hearts. But exactly. like your car does, your car may hold a lot of meaning. Mm. Your phone might hold a lot of meaning. There may be a watch that you have that holds a lot of meaning, or a T-shirt, or your hat. Like, it's like the product itself. The more conspicuous it is, the more important it has meaning to it, um, because mm. it's a reflection of who you are. Um, but, but a thing that is inanimate can certainly be full of meaning. I mean, like there's sneakers that like I absolutely love. They mean a lot to me. Because I remember when I first got them, I remember I was rocking them for the first time. Yeah. Like those, like they bring to bear cognitions and affects, and we associate mm. them to the product, right? So here's the thing that is a commodity, a sneaker. It's a commodity, but it's meaningful, and therefore we pay a price premium for it, and we keep them clean, and we, you know, we keep them groomed, yeah. and we keep them white, right? Because of what they mean, and that's what a brand's all about. It's a vessel of meaning. That's uh... message. That's it right there. That's a message. <laughs> you know, we got clipped that up, bro. But that's that's genius, brother. And um, I know we I, I've got so many questions I want to ask you, so many ways where's places we can take the conversation, bro. But based off of your experience working with Beyonce, what were some of the basic biggest lessons you learned during that period that helped you become the marketer and professional you are today? Oh man, the biggest lesson for sure was about community. And in fact, actually I write about this in my book for the culture, the power, the power behind what we buy what we do and who we want to be it's that you know part of my job was about establishing her online fan club taking her offline fan club and moving it online which mm. you think is like super easy like this is 2009 2010 it's like yeah facebook yeah twitter great you know as you do so we you know set up this fan club for her and it wasn't really popping which was like really perplexing for us because it's like this is Beyonce after all. It's, this thing should be like super, super uh, uh, popular, but it wasn't, and that was that was a problem. So as we started kind of looking across the internet, seeing what's going on, we find out about this community called the Beehive, mm. and and these folks had their own uh, language, they had their own artifacts, they had their own behaviors, and we go, whoa, man, this is crazy, and a thing that unites them all isn't just the fandom of Beyonce as an artist is that they saw the world the way she did like they believe mm. in women's empowerment it was very really big for them they share that conviction yeah. and and it's because of that conviction they were able to build community so you know I, I had left at this time but the team cut bait on what we were created um, and started to partner with them and turn the, the beehive into her official fan club and That's the genius. thing I learned, and you know, that was a failure. I, mean, I, I ostensibly failed, uh, but what I learned is that you know, you don't create community; you facilitate community. Mm. That people unite because they see the world similarly. Now, you can facilitate the connections, but the building of community that happens by the people, right? Um, so, mm. as a brand, you know, we try to build like the community of, of, of followers, the people who love us, etc. You know, it says to me that as a brand, like I don't go out trying to 
create the McDonald's fan club or the Nike fan club or whatever. Like I don't do those yeah. things. I'm saying this arbitrarily, but whatever brand I'm working on, um, it's not about building the community. It's about facilitating the community, finding the people who see the world the way you do and enabling them to connect with people like themselves. Mm. That's so real, brother. And then so you said you said something that was super important because you said that you failed at the position of the Beyonce role. And I thought that was very telling. I, I, I hate the word failure. It's definitely a lesson, brother. But what happens in your career at that point when you transition from Beyonce into to what you what was the next level of yeah. that you know, elevation? You know, so this is at a time when it was a few things happened. The first is that I really started to doubt myself. And mm-hmm. it wasn't like imposter syndrome. It wasn't that. But I just realized that almost everything I was doing was super successful. Sans the, mm. the, the fan club thing. <laughs> but like, <laughs> every, like every time we did something, like we launched Heat, her perfume crushed. We launched Why Don't You Love Me, her, um, her, direct, her directorial debut crushed. I mean, like everything we're doing live at the win killed it. Um, mm. She had her uh, ABC special um, before Thanksgiving Day killed it it just and she won eight grammys that year killed it and like that's like everything i was doing my contribution to it was just winning and at the i really asked myself is this because of me or because of her like Mm. am i good at my job or am i just like you know rocking with the dopest thing there is and i go i don't know the answer to that and that was that that was kind of bugging me because i want to be honest with myself whether i'm good or not so that was bugging me a little bit Mm. And, and then i thought well, if I were to leave, like, where would I go next? Like, do I stay in music? So if I stay in music, where do you go after Beyonce? Everything just felt like a step down. I was like, for sure. I don't want to do that either. And then there was there was rumblings in the hall that she might be leaving. And like, mm. going to be, going to manage herself. And I was like, oh, she leaves. I'm out of here, dude. <laughs> I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, I love Matthew. Like, Matthew was really good to me. But like, I was like, I just don't know. I was like, I think that if this, if this is it, then I probably gonna bounce. Um, and I was like, well, what would I do then? What, what, what would I do next? And I thought, like, well, I still want to be affiliated with music somehow. At least that's what I'm gravitated towards. But then I thought, like, well, who does music better than record labels or even artists? Mm. Um, I was like, well, Apple. So I was already there on iTunes. I was like, you know what? Advertisers do a really good job of breaking artists. And this is at a time where. Apple was doing like um, their iPod, iTunes commercial, iPod commercials. They were like Matt and Kim and Feist and yeah. uh, Mountain Dew just did their green label, uh, record label, green label sounds, record label. And I was like, yo, like, what if I did advertising? That could be kind of cool. And I just felt like I could touch more people that way. Yeah. I was like, let me give this a shot. So I ended up going to uh, a pure play social media agency. So they only did social called Big Fuel. And this is oh, yeah. in 2011. And at that point, man, I'm like learning social, like it's like boot camp for social. Mm. And then like learning so much and it's really, really great from like the learning perspective, like just like learning, like learning, learning, learning. Um, and then I met Steve Stout. <laughs> and interesting, this is interesting. This actually, this is the truth, like straight up, straight up, no chaser. Uh, I had just resigned from Music World and I got an email from Stout. So I resigned, resigned from Music World to go to this agency called Big Fuel. The next day, I get an email from Steve Stout's office saying, Steve Stout wants to meet you. And I go, why? What? <laughs> <laughs> why? What's up? It's just like, I don't know Stout. I, mean, I know I know of Stout, but I don't know him personally. 
me deaf don't know me so like, i was like mm. kind of like what's going on here and like, I, I, I mean i just felt kind of suspicious of the whole thing because i know how close he is to jay-z and like i'm yeah. leaving the company that represented jay-z's wife like i'm just i don't know man I, in my mind i'm just kind of concocting all these crazy stories i'm like oh no this seems shady um and i was like i literally rolled back like wow it's great to hear from steve uh you know what would he want to talk about like why he want to meet me and he said well you know stop thinking about starting a digital and social media practice this agency translation yeah and i go that's dope however i literally just signed an offer letter to go to another agency to go to an agency called big fuel and i don't want to do anything shady so like maybe we find ways to, to work later on so basically i didn't take the meeting i was like wow. nah. i was like i didn't i didn't want to do anything that seemed at all sort of uh not above board so i didn't take yeah. the meeting um and i was like you know maybe i was like i'd love to, to just meet stout at some point you know but like right now i'm kind of straight so uh and i didn't look back i didn't even look back it's like that's it you know so a couple wow. months later i get a note from steve's office again and they say hey we're working on a pitch and we need some like social thinking. And we're wondering if like big fuel want to partner with us on this pitch. I think it was for Wrigley's. And I was like, mm. bet the best of both worlds. Like I can meet out. I can, you know, don't do anything shady. I'm still in my agency. It's all good. And so we go, me and the head of new business, we go to meet Stout and sort of talk to him about what big fuel does. He is uh, famously 45 minutes late because of Steve's out. Um, he gets there and we're like walking through our thing and he's like I don't know if you've like ever seen videos of him or mm -hmm. met him but like he can seem like he is disengaged but he is dialed in so that the wow. whole time we're, we're presenting he looks disengaged I'm like oh man like what, what are we doing here you know and he's like okay 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 well like you know we have this uh, we have this pitch coming up and like I'm gonna have so and so connect with you to get you in the meeting just talk about the social stuff and we'll, you know, we'll make sure like they know that you're not translation. This is a partnership yeah. and we like bet. Cool. So we're about to leave. He's like, I'm like, I'm like, this is perfect. And I'm about to walk out of his office and Stout goes, Hey Marcus, won't you walk downstairs with me? And I go, sweet. What's up? Like, <laughs> I'm like, I mean, none the wiser. I'm like, dude, thank you so much, man. For taking the meeting. This is super cool. I think it's great. We're working together. And he was like, why didn't you take the meeting? And mm. I was like, what? He's like, yeah, when I hit you up a couple months ago, why didn't you take the meeting? And I was like, I didn't want to be shady, dude. Like, he was like, yo, you always take the meeting. Always take the meeting. And I was like, my mm. bad. I, my bad, you know, my bad. And he's wow. like, yeah. Like, he's like, I wanted you to run social here. I want, like, we don't have, so I wanted you to build that here. And I was like, oh, man, I'm really flattered. I was like, you know, maybe down the road. And he was like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> 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 That pitch, that pitch never happened, which I realized that was just him staging a way for us to connect. Because Stout is brilliant this way. Um, but wow. he always stayed in touch with me. Like every couple months, now I get a, an email. How's it going? A text message. How's it going? How's the gig? Wow. How's whatever? And then he hit me with one, man. He hit me like on the right day too. Because like, I was like, not feeling like I'm at the right place anymore. Yeah. He hit me up. was like, how's it going, man? Do you feel like you're utilizing all of your talents? And I was like, nope. Million dollar like, question. <laughs> Let's get a drink. And I was like, yep. And yada, yada, yada. A month later, I'm running social translation.
Wow. And uh, you know what? Yeah. Me and you might have crossed paths to a translation because I used to work at Con. I was one of the first American oh, employees. Out. So I used to come oh. to the office to help with the, with the con pitches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's so we might have crossed paths. So that is yeah. so insane, man. But I've been to yeah. the office. The office is insane. That yeah. story is incredible, bro. And like, so you're working with translation. For those who don't know, translation like worked with the NBA. They work with big brands. Like they are huge. And, and like Stout using his influence in the industry to connect the dots and do really influ influential brand work is just incredible. So that's like a creme de la creme of black owned agency. So for those who yes, don't sir. know. That that's right. the creme de la creme, brother. So, and I'm curious. I asked this to, I know I know we're coming up on time. We got two last questions, bro. One being, I asked this to Paxton Baker. He's the chairman of the Washington Nationals, and you have a similar yeah, story where you've met Paxton is the man. Shout out to, to my bro, Sir Paxton. So, yeah, yeah I asked a great dude, man. And um, I asked him a question, man. I was like, Yo, you you're, you're rocking with Harry Belafonte. You're rocking it. I see you at All Star Weekend, bro. How do you maintain those relationships over the years? And I would love to know that for you as well, man, because I'm kind of just dabbling in that space where I've got a lot of relationships. Yeah. But how do you maintain those for years, 10, 15, 20? What advice would you give to someone like myself? You know, for me, like, I never thought about, quote, unquote, networking. And I really thought about, like, I wanted something a meaningful relationship. So there's people that I yeah. meet, they're like, oh, man, like, you know, it's, um, it's, it's very cordial and it's, like, all love. But there's some people I'm like, yo, I want you to be part of my life forever. Like, we're going to do this yeah. for, for the long run. And like, there's just some people that you meet, man. Like, you connect with them. At least for me. I can't speak for anybody else. Yeah. There's some people that I meet when I'm like, yo, I just like, I just feel like, like when I'm around you, I feel like a better version of myself. Like, those people that I want to yeah. be around. Now, there are those people who I, I keep, like, I, I, I would say, like, like uh, strong, strong ties with. I try to keep in touch with them regularly. But there's people like Stout who I talk to maybe twice a year, maybe three times a year. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah. But I keep my relationship with him by thanking him. That's it. I just, yeah, I, just, I just thank him, man. I don't, I don't ask him for anything. I don't ask him for much. Uh, but it's mostly like when, I, when, something, when something big happens in my life, I always give the people who bet, bet it on me when I didn't have like the resume to back it up. Just to say thank you. Yeah. Like every, I mean, every single thing that's been like super noteworthy, not everything, but like the note, like really, really big things. Like I send them a note and they say, man, this just happened to me. There's no way this would have happened. It wasn't for you. So thank you for taking a risk on me because you gave me a shot when I probably didn't deserve it. Uh, but you yeah. saw something in me that most people didn't. And you gave me a shot. And thank God I was able to arise to the occasion. But if you didn't open those doors for me, I would have been donezo. So folks like... Yeah. Like yeah. Matthew Knowles took a he he took a a, a chance on me. Uh, Steve Stout took a chance on me. Matt Fisher he runs um, uh, the App Store at Apple took a chance on me. Wow. Ed Jar, he's the CMO at, at Airbnb took a chance on me in academia. Wow. Like I was new to academia. People like uh, Melanie Burnett Weaver at University of Michigan took a chance on me. Like dude, like it's like those people just like saw something in me that, that most people didn't see in me and i keep those relationships going by just saying thank you and for the people that i'm really close to i just i'm just kind of always checking in like thinking about them and letting them i'm thinking about them and those that who means I'm not as close to uh i just try to help them that that means a lot brother and, it, and, it, and it's kind of almost similar to what, what paxton said man he said something so real he was like man just be the friend that you always wanted to have 
Yeah. And I was like, it's it's so simple. But when you think about it, it's like, yeah, man. Like, yes. I, what can, you know, what, what can I say to somebody like Paxton, man? But you know what? It's Merry Christmas, brother, to you and the family. You know what I mean? That's Just right. thinking about your bros, right. Random Tuesday. You're doing good, man. Right. I'm here if you need something. You know That's what right. I mean? I might not have anything. But I'm here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But those are the vibes. Those are the vibes. That, exactly. That's what it is, man. Because I don't want yeah. anything. I just want the relationship, brother. So, and, and last right. thing for you, get I, I, we gotta have to do a part two, bro. Because I want to oh, dive definitely, into definitely. Like, like your community, the culture, like because I love one. And one thing I'm gonna bring up your book for the culture. So shout out you for the everybody. Go to Amazon. Go to anywhere you purchase books to get for the culture. What stood out to me was the Martin lettering. So yeah. I was like, oh, no, you, you get us. God damn it. You get us. Yeah. <laughs> so, brother, you sold me on the Martin letter. And I don't know what it is about, but I'm copping the book. And I need, I'm need. i going to get yeah. your autograph, brother. I need that. But um, so sure. I really want to know, what what it, like, what like goes into your creative process? And how do you feel like your upbringing and things that you've been through help you to be a great marketer? Oh, man. I, I mean, I it's interesting. I approach my creative process of marketing like I did as a songwriter. And like I did solving problems as an engineer. So like the engineer in me, which is crazy because like though I suffered <laughs> through the engineering <laughs> process, it is very much uh, the foundation of how I think. Um, I'm always looking for the system. Like what are the physics of a thing? Because if you understand the physics of something, the underlying physics of a thing, then you can identify the mechanisms that make it work. And then you can actually mm. manipulate those mechanisms. So I'm always thinking about what's the underlying physics of what, what, I'm, what I'm observing. And for marketing, it's the underlying physics of humanity. Like, why do people do what they do? What are the governing operating systems of humanity? Which, of course, is culture. And then as mm. on, the, and then on the music side, that influences how I think about creativity. Man, I, like, I look for anything. Just as a musician, man, it might be like a patch. Like, I hear a, a kick drum and it's like, boom, like oh that's killer that's it <laughs> like i hear that kick that's crazy right and it's just it just be like the boom like oh i yeah. love that bottom boom like yo let me find a, the snare to go with that and like the, the smallest things a chord change could be like yo that's a killer chord change you start building from it i think it's the same thing um with uh with marketing the creative part of marketing i'm looking for like what's the one thing that just gets me going like that's super interesting. Wow. Let's see if we can build on that. Oh, man. I love that, brother. I love that, man. I, I know you got to catch the flight, brother. I just want to say, man, in front of everybody and all the audience, man, this is why I love the show. And this is why I want to create this. I don't care if I monetize this shit. I don't care. I don't care if it's three people in here. I know it's a lot of people watching. I appreciate you. I love y'all. But yeah. like, this is what it's about, brother, because like coming in the industry when I was 22 years old, braids down my back, didn't know how to dress. I'm coming out of Catholic school, baggy pants and Pradas. I felt like, you know what I'm saying? I, I didn't have anybody to reach out and be like, yeah, young brother, this is what you do. Young brother, you can be yeah. hip hop. Young brother, you can be yourself. And then when I started seeing success is when I started to be myself, man. So I want to reach out to the 21 year old brothers and let them know that they can be that. But for me, seeing somebody like you, man, seeing the Paxtons, Ken Gibbs, Walter Gears, Lola Bakery, like you guys inspired me so much, brother. And I love what you're doing on LinkedIn. I love your inspiration. I'm inspired by you, brother. And I'm just rooting for you, man. I'm glad to call you a friend now, King. Appreciate you, fam. Absolutely. Yo, part two, because we got to get into the academic side of things. So we'll, we'll, we, we'll schedule please, part two. Please do, brother. And I want to get to the Cliff Paul, your creativity, yes, all that sir. good stuff, man. Yes, so I, I, I appreciate you, brother. Thank you for everybody tuned in. We're going to do a part two. Y'all trust me. You heard it from the man. And that's my <laughs> guy, man. We're going to link up soon, man. We definitely need NYC. I got you. 
we'll go get some dinner or something, brother. But Word thank up. you, thank you for everybody for tuning right, in fam. for another episode of More Than a Title. We'll see you guys next week. Peace. Wait, 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 with my boy Jordan, where we at? <laughs> no, let me where we at with it. Hold on, here we go. Here we go. Want it all